0: That's ljsinnercircle.com, or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. What's up, guys? It's Brent here. So I was just surfing around the internet, and I found a video of me playing a gig from 10 years ago. Today, I'm going to watch that video, give you my reaction to it, and let's see how messy it gets. Come on up. What's up? It's Brent from learn jazz Standards, LearnJazzStandards.com, musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to the Quick Win episode of the podcast. By the way, there's also a video version of our Quick Win podcast episodes over at LearnJazzStandards.com if you'd like to check that out as well. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and let's get to it. Okay, so I found this video, the Camden Hughes Trio, live at the Gamekeeper Lounge in Boise, Idaho. So the context for this was, this was 10 years ago. I had moved to New York City maybe two years before, four. And I was coming back to my hometown of Boise, Idaho to play a gig with an old friend, Camden Hughes, great piano player. Now, to be quite honest, I'm super nervous to show this to you guys because I'm really not sure what to expect. I really don't remember what my playing was like back then. And I definitely feel like I've improved since a decade ago. But hey, in the spirit of being transparent, let's take you along for the ride. Besides recording yourself and then listening to your older recordings much later is a great educational moment for you to hear what you really liked and hear things that maybe you didn't like that you never want to do ever again. So here we go. First reaction is that is a really nice little sweater. I absolutely love that. I don't think I own that sweater anymore, but, uh, I think I might go for that again. Okay. So first reaction is I can already tell the guitar is a little bit Too loud. I mean, this is a problem, guitar players. We always have to have our amp turned up way too loud. So I can already see this is going to be a problem, but uh, let's keep playing it. All right, here comes the melody. Okay, initial reaction is I can already tell that. You know, I'm kind of flubbing with the melody a little bit. Not that I don't know the melody, but I'm trying to add, maybe I'm trying a little too hard to add some expression to it. But let's keep listening. Nice. Nice. Oh man that's awesome okay cool so apparently the little conversation we were having before we actually started playing the melody and the little whatever the vamping part at the beginning was that we were actually going to do the bill evans version of days and Wines and roses and we're going to go to a flat major so anyone who knows is like days of wine and roses is actually an f major right? So it's an F major. But through the second time through the chorus, what Bill Evans does is he actually goes to A flat major. So two, five to A flat major, and he finishes the song in A flat major. So it's really, really cool. And so obviously this creates an extra challenge for the improviser and, you know, something kind of cool for the listeners to hear as well. So, my impression of the way I played the melody, like, sans the recording quality is eh, okay, is I I think it sounds fine, but I'm noticing, again, that I'm trying a little too hard, like... (laughs) like almost like a little bit too much. And I heard a few times where I kind of flubbed a melody note literally because I was trying to do a little too much with the melody. So I think the big lesson, honestly, in the way I play melodies nowadays is like really just kind of play the melody straight and add a little bit of ornaments and feeling to it. But we oftentimes can get a little carried away with it. And that's kind of how I felt about that. But it wasn't horrible overall. So let's keep listening. (laughs) All right, organ solo. I really like Camden's playing, by the way. He's like a musician I, you know, played with a lot back when I was in Boise. And uh, he plays very bluesy, really, uh, you know, has a lot of influence from like Gene Harris and all those people. So really love playing with him. Great, great musician. Okay, so I actually really like my comping a lot. This is really appropriate comping for an organ trio. And for those who play piano or guitar, you definitely do want to think differently about your comping depending on what the musical situation is. And definitely comping along with an organ player is definitely appropriate as a guitar player and really taking a more rhythmic role. So like... Like, just that kind of simple rhythmic playing really works for Organ Trio really well. Let's keep on listening. Like that little octave thing that I did right there. That was actually kind of cool. It's a good thing to do when you're comping. is just every once in a while, like, add some little something for the other musician to respond to. Not getting in their way, of course, but just something for them to respond to. One thing I will also say about the comping is there's nothing wrong with the voicings I'm playing. However, one thing to think about, too, is, like, you can actually really simplify your voicings. Like, when you're a guitar player, you don't have to play these big voicings. You can actually just play, like, thirds and sevens, right? So... Like really simple stuff and then occasionally something else right you don't have to always have like these big voicings that have the root in them that can kind of get distracting sometimes too so that's something that I definitely do a little bit more now especially if I'm playing with a piano player I play really sparse voicings if I'm choosing to comp notice a few areas in there where like kind of like the register of where I'm comping is kind of clashing a little bit with the organ player I kind of wish I started going like a little bit higher you know at some point right right this is a little bit higher in register can sometimes be nice to bring some contrast to what the other musician is playing Yeah, yeah, that's a nice little uh, line that Cameron is playing. Like. And then you transpose it. Always a great idea to use motivic development in your solos. Keeps it interesting and keeps it cohesive as well. Okay, I can already tell my soul is about to come up. I'm getting a little nervous, hands a little clammy, but we just gotta go for it. Okay, I actually kind of like how I started kind of sparse and didn't just go guns a blazing. Uh, Really, it's a great way to start a solo, a little bit rhythmic and a little bit simple ideas. So, so far, so good. Was actually pretty cool like i don't often play that way anymore that was kind of a cool line let's keep listening okay 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 i see exactly what's going on here so clearly 10 years ago I must have been somewhat heavily influenced by Kurt Rosenwinkel. I think that's where some of those like slurring lines are coming from, which is cool. Like, I think it's a great thing to like be inspired by a musician that you're really listening to a lot. I actually don't think it's a bad thing if you're kind of channeling some of that, because obviously I don't sound like Kurt Rosenwinkel, but I am definitely doing some isms of it. Uh, Let's keep listening, because I think there's going to be some detriments to that. some ninth nice eighth note lines that I just played right there but a little bit before that I kind of played one of those Kurt Rosenwinkel slurs and rhythmically it actually didn't really line up very well and that's kind of the problem sometimes when you're trying to go for some of these really fast ideas and trying to play a little bit too much of that it doesn't actually always line up and sometimes just some simple eighth note lines is really just what the ear wants to hear I just like stuff that really feels good to the rhythmic structure of the song can be good rather than breaking it up with all these fast 16th note, slurry of notes. Okay. So again, I'm still doing that same concept, but again, sometimes it's actually working. Like sometimes I'm actually hitting it pretty good and it really sounds fun, but we'll keep listening. love how Camden's laughing right now because I don't know what it is but it's like when a guitar player starts playing like a chord solo people get really happy and like I've definitely done that before where if I've noticed a reaction from one of my bandmates or someone from the crowd like usually I'm playing something like like elicit some kind of response from the crowd and once you hear that it kind of feels good and you sort of sometimes go along with it. Okay, I kind of like how I'm using the range of my instrument. That's pretty nice. I'm not entirely convinced about how I connected all those ideas together, but it was still kind of cool. <laughs> Again, some kind of nice motivic development there. I guess that's pretty good stuff. So, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling a little proud of that particular moment right there. Okay, I totally missed the chord changes there, though. Like, I totally missed the half-diminished chord. Um, we'll give us a pass there. All right. Okay. So that was my solo. So what's my overall reaction or how would I rate my solo? So I think I give myself an A for creativity. Like, I definitely was going for some creative ideas. And I think if I'm going to give myself one bit of credit as far as my playing goes, but especially maybe a decade ago, is that I wasn't really afraid to take risks in my playing. I really was trying to reach for a feeling or an emotional vibe. And I do think there's a lot of value in actually doing that like really to me the best music that i hear it's not necessarily perfectly technically accurate it's not always outlining the chord changes absolutely perfectly but there's usually some kind of really great melodic idea that really reaches for some emotional depth so i'll give myself an a as far as that goes now let's talk about technical proficiency and rhythmic proficiency so in some senses i think i did have some good technical proficiency on my instrument But in other senses, especially when it came to rhythm, I could definitely tell that I didn't quite have it completely all together. So for example, those. 16th note slurs or even 32nd note slurs, I'm even sure what they were, right? That I was kind of stealing from Kurt Rosenwinkel. Like, those sound good and they sound interesting, but they weren't always lining up perfectly. They weren't always intentional. So, that I'd have to give myself a C on because that could be a lot better. And I do remember that years later, when I was still in college, Fred Hirsch did a master class with us, and he actually pointed that out in my playing. He specifically told me, if you can't master making 8th notes sound really 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 good don't try to do a bunch of triplets don't try to do a bunch of 16th notes over top of the form get really good at playing eighth notes and then move on from there and he really also talked about get good at playing quarter notes and half notes as well so if you can't get the basic rhythmic values correct over top of the time going off and doing these fast slurs and stuff might sound okay but a lot of times it's going to fall flat so i'll give myself a c for that one okay for playing the melody i definitely have to give myself a B for playing the melody. And the reason I say that it's because I definitely was trying to take too many liberties with the melody and wasn't playing it straight enough and true enough to its actual form and therefore it kind of lent itself to some moments that I didn't really love the way I played the melody. Okay? So as far as that goes could have done a little bit better. For comping, I think I'm going to give myself an A. Like you could always do something else comping, but I really find that guitar players can overplay, play way too fancy of voicings for the occasion. And I think what I was doing was mostly good. It was very rhythmic. It was fine. Could have used some sparser voicings, could have turned my guitar down a little bit. Those would have been helpful things, but overall it was pretty good for the Oregon trio environment. So I'll give myself Uh, A on that one. But let's keep on listening. I do know there's some trading fours coming up here, so let's hear how I do on those. What the hell was that? Uh, It sounded kind of cool at first, like rhythmically over the bar line, but then I didn't resolve it anywhere and so it just kind of ended up sounding bad but well I played the wrong chord to start there yeah Oh man, that see, see that was that was everything I was just talking about right there. That that wasn't very good. You know what? I never have been that good at playing trading fours. I wouldn't say that bad. Like I always tend to like try to make some amazing thing happen during the four bars. It's like just play some music, man. You don't have to try to do anything weird or special. Yeah. We're back to the melody again. So, how would I rate my trading fours? I would give that a pretty solid D. Like that could have been way, 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 way better. So, it's all a really great idea to like listen to recordings of yourself, old recordings of yourself, and compare and contrast. I know it can be uncomfortable sometimes to do it. Sometimes we don't like to hear the way we sound now or even the way we used to sound. But it's a really good thing to do because when I listen back to this recording myself, there's actually some really cool things that I don't really sound like today so much that I. I may want to like tap into a little bit, but there's also a lot of progress I've made. So in some ways, I feel very encouraged to see where I've come from since then. And I also feel like there were some great moments that actually happened in the solo, in the comping and all that. So it's a good feeling to listen back and know that I wasn't horrible back then and that I improved a lot And there are some things that I'll make sure to avoid now in my playing and going into the future. So that's all for today's quick win episode of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you found that helpful. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you happen to listen over at Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. That always helps us out over there. Appreciate you, happy practicing, and we'll see you in the next episode.